0: Hey, everybody, it's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It's really great to have you here. On this episode, I talk with Kevin Alexander from the Substack on repeat. We talk about gatekeepers, self confidence in our own taste making, and the best ways to build a dormant fire for creativity and get it burning again. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It's your host, Maddie C. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope you're well, depending on when you're hearing this. I just got back from a really fun weekend with the stick arounds in Chicago. We played the Montrose Saloon. We uh, we got some lunch at Mr. Beef. I went to the Art Institute. Uh, We did a bunch of fun stuff. Stay tuned to the Substack. We're going to have, well, we, I'm going to have a nice little wrap up article with some photos and stuff. That I've been working on uh, to kind of share that experience and kind of show you what it looks like to be on the road with the arounds for a couple of days. Uh, don't worry, I cleaned it up for you so it's not too gross. Um, how you doing? Uh, it's been a it's been a very very busy couple of weeks over here. What am I making? Um, I've had a lot going on both personally and professionally. Uh, many of you may know I, uh, I work in the graduation business. This is a crazy time of year. So I've been a little bit uh, beside myself and a little bit occupied and busy. Of course, I have been doing a bunch of really fun stuff here that's been really, really great. Make sure you're going over to the Substack. Again, What am I whatamimaking.substack.com to go check that out. If you are listening to this uh, on a podcast player that is not Substack or in your email from my Substack emails, please make sure that you subscribe and rate and review this wherever you get your pods. So if you get this from Apple or Spotify or Amazon or wherever else, it is super helpful if you can go in and give us a five star review, um, or uh, excuse me, a five star rating. Give us a nice little review of two or three sentences, um, and uh, just kind of you know let the world know, let the algorithm know that you appreciate what we're doing here. It helps us find some more people. Um, not a lot to update in the way of house shows. Pretty much everything up through the first. Nine or 10 days of the tour is going to be on sale here this week. Um, we're really close on that front. I still have a number of dates. I am trying to solidify. There are like five of them. Uh, please go to phonaforrecords.com uh, slash house shows to check that out. Specifically, I am looking for help in Asheville, North Carolina, Athens or Atlanta, GA, Nashville or Memphis, Tennessee, Louisville, Kentucky, and then either Indianapolis, Cali- Indianapolis, California, no, I don't want to drive all the way to California, Indianapolis, Indiana, or Chicago, Illinois. Um, if you've got some other ideas, let me know, but that's basically my route. Again, you can go over to 404 slash house shows to kind of find out the the deal. It's really quite easy to host. It's, it would be a huge help. Um, this is a big swing for me. I'm trying to fill 15 dates in the first half of July. And uh, I've never done anything like this before. And whatever help you can provide sure would be appreciated. So let me know. I'll have more info by the next pod of a bunch of dates on sale. As well as some more information. So uh, there's lots of fun stuff coming soon. coming soon. Please stay tuned. That was a difficult sentence to say. Alright, last thing. Before I get into my conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy with my guest Kevin Alexander from Unrepeat. I need to ask a favor. I ask this every week, and I'm trying to find more elegant ways to do it, but here we go. I really need your help to keep this thing going. Without your support, I can't keep doing this work. So if you're enjoying this, please go over to the Substack. It's whatamimaking.substack.com. Consider signing up for a paid subscription. That's basically how I make time to do this work. It's how I can make it a priority in my life, and it's how I can share it on a regular and consistent basis with you. A bunch of you have already committed to um, either monthly, or yearly or even founding memberships, which are amazing. And it's incredible to me every time that happens. If you are enjoying this and you've been thinking, boy, I'd really like to help Matt out. This would be a great week to do it. I could sure use the boost and encouragement from that. Um, we're trying to build this thing slowly. I don't I don't know if you've heard, but what we're trying to do because they're, they're really important milestones to get. We're trying to get to 500 free subscribers and 100 free subscribers as soon as we can. I'd like to do it by the end of May. That's starting to feel like maybe it's a bit much, but I sure would love your help to get there. Right now we're at just below 30 paid subscribers and something around like 370 or 375 free subscribers. So can we add you to the list? Can you find a friend that you could add to the list who might like what I'm doing here, who's interested in the bands that I talk about, the ideas that I'm experiencing and, and, and sharing, the conversations that I'm having? If you're enjoying that, please share it. Please consider making a paid subscription if you're not already signed up for a free subscription, please do that. You still get access to everything. I don't want to prevent people from getting this for as long as I can. So uh, that's pretty much the housekeeping that I that I need to do today. I, again, want to want to thank everybody for their support already. I don't ever want to sound like I'm taking that for granted or I'm not noticing it. So many of you have been so incredible in my life. It's really, really amazing the amount of encouragement, support, kindness that I've already gotten. So thank you for that. So let's get to my interview. That's why you're here, that's why I'm here. I mean, I wouldn't need to beg for your money and ask for your help if I didn't have a chance to have these conversations. So that's why we're here. So let's get into it. Today, this week I get to talk to uh, my brand new friend Kevin Alexander from uh, the Substack On Repeat. Um all it took for me to feel comfortable enough to reach out to Kevin was reading his writing. Um somehow I stumbled upon it shortly after I got going on on Facebook and I I found his I found his site, I found his page, and I read his bio, and it started with the phrase, Playlists are my love language. And after seeing that and just a couple of his pieces, I was, in, I was intrigued right away. Here was a dude who was roughly my age from my beloved Midwest who was following the siren song of indie rock and rock and roll and his experience with it, and then writing about it nearly every day of the week. In fact, the first thing I really saw that I paid attention to was a primer that Kevin had written on how to get someone into, guided by voices from scratch. Now, you'll get my attention with almost anything written about GBV, but trying to welcome a newbie into that world is a truly Herculean task, and so I figured he was somebody who really believed in that project and was also a little bit nuts. And from there, in each and every piece that he's published that I've seen since, uh, I've always been able to see Kevin's unabashed love and enthusiasm for music, and how that passion has struck a chord with so many of his readers. Like much of what I talk about here, this conversation is based around the amazing things that occur when we put our work and ourselves out into the world on a regular basis without fear. These shared experiences and those connections are the basis the basis of almost all of the remarkable things that have happened to Kevin as he has built this large and loyal base of readers over the course of a few years. In exploring his genuine passions and curiosity, Kevin has found his people, to put it simply. As he found these folks, through working on the things that mattered to him and that brought him happiness and that he was passionate about, he also found himself again, after walking away from the creative outlet of writing for more than 20 years. His renewed dedication and his consistently good work has led him to a place that he never imagined, including ending up on this podcast Perhaps the most remarkable part of this whole story is that he started writing again in a moment of solidarity, built out of laziness, when trying to empathize with his children during the pandemic. If you've ever wondered if you should pick up that creative endeavor again, this is the conversation that will provide a resounding yes to that question. If you've ever thought or wondered, should I start up a new hobby or a new endeavor in my life? That yes is waiting for you here as well. Come on along with me and get to know Kevin Alexander of On Repeat. He's a great dude, and we only got to know each other by doing work that matters. He did his. I did mine. And as always, that work pays dividends in ways that none of us can ever truly predict. And I will say yes to that for damn sure every single time I get the opportunity. So here's my conversation with my new friend, and hopefully yours, Kevin Alexander of Unrepeat. I found you a few weeks ago once I started kind of getting active over there. It looks like you've been doing this for a while. Uh, Yeah, so this current iteration, I've had a substack
1: for say two years maybe two and a half okay uh this current iteration is about a year and a half old it turned one last fall okay um and i i did it um the the origin story is not terribly exciting um do you want me to tell yeah, you how absolutely yeah go? yeah okay let's have it so <laughs> so i used to write um and w- like when we were younger um and then real life got in the way and I listened to people that I shouldn't have and just kind of put it on a shelf for like 20 years. Um, and then, um, this time in 2020, um, you know, when everything started really shutting down, um, my kids, you know, in the span of like two hours got the, I don't know if we're going to school tomorrow to, you know, via text, we're not going to school to come Monday and get all of your stuff. Um, And so they were stuck going online and um, I'm about three quarters of the way through a degree that I had just um, got shiny object syndrome and went and got another one. Oh, fun. Um, Yay.
0: (laughs) Academic, (laughs) academic ADHD. I don't have it, but I know those who do.
1: Yes. So yeah, with literally like 13 or 14 credits left, I just stopped and went and got an entirely different one. Anyway, so in some sort of weird sort of parental solidarity I said I'm going to go back I'm going to take a class too and I'll go back online and we'll all, we'll figure it out um, what I didn't tell them was that I was taking an elective and it was social writing or uh writing for social media okay um, <laughs> and it was an elective credit and it's it counted on my degree back and um I thought it was going to be an easy A and it was not um it was actually there was there were some really ridiculously easy assignments. Like the instructor had me DM her on Twitter, you know, like, so you knew how to do it.
0: That, that But ful- also that fulfilled the uh, assignment, a simple, simple DM message is fine.
1: That was literally, yeah. DM me from your account to my account, say hi, whatever you want to say.
0: That qualifies. Okay. Um, All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, but honestly, there were some really tough ones like here, you know, because writing online is a lot different than not, um, And so there was all of that, um, but also we had to set up our own WordPress, um, which I, um, as part of it, um, which I had no idea how to do, Um, and then um, sort of establish yourself a little bit online. Um, And so I started writing on Medium, but I also had started hearing about Substack, and it was. you know, it wasn't quite the tidal wave, like people like Barry Weiss and all of that, you know, hadn't started moving yet, but it was a little bit, I'd hear bits. And um, and so I picked it, uh, you know, I grabbed a, a name and planted my flag and been there ever since, and it started, um, you know, we had to write a blog and then we had to write one on our own, you know, our website that we built and then one somewhere else. And so it was kind of back and forth between that. And it was really one of those sort of You know, five things I'm into
0: this week kind of rounds up that everyone likes to do. Um, So when you when you kind of started that and you kind of you kind of it sounds like you built some inertia or some momentum from sort of the process of of doing the assignments and going through this process and kind of relit a flame that had been dormant for, you said, 20 years, right? At least. okay, Um, maybe more. So so once you kind of got that that fire burning again your your philosophy was, well, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to get out of this experience to basically in solidarity with my kids. And then I'm going to carry that forward. And so it sort of had, what you're saying is it basically had this completely unexpected, unintended consequence that has, has kind of changed your life in some way. 100%. Yeah.
1: I was going to go take this class, figured it was a good excuse to knock out an elective credit. I was going to blow through it. I was not expecting Well, one, I didn't expect the class to actually be challenging. So I am glad for that. Um, I did not expect um, to have that, you know, that desire to write again, just reignite. And I found myself just like writing. And have you you done the,
0: have you basically lived up to the three days a week schedule the whole time you've been doing it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I try and write something, something every day. That's there's see, I think that's and that's something I've been talking a lot about on this pod is this idea that so much of genius is just showing up every day and doing the work. And some days it's going to be amazing and some days it's going to be good and some days it's going to be far less than what you want it to be. But you did the work today and tomorrow will be better, you hope. Um, Exactly. And I look at I look at you and you started basically, I don't want to say on a whim, but like there was no intentionality. It doesn't sound like when you built this. And now I look at it, and you've got over a thousand subscribers on Substack. Yeah. You're you've got you've got people who are paying you regularly to support what you're doing. And you've kind of built these relationships that are pretty obvious just in kind of the burgeoning. Like I started following you on Twitter, and then as notes has kind of kicked off, it's clear that you've got some relationships with people already. And like you I don't, I don't I don't mean to sound offensive but like you're like me you're just you're just a dude kind of hanging out and going here's what I'm here's what I'm interested in you want to talk <laughs> about it?
1: Uh that is not offensive at all. I am exactly just like you I'm just on the other side of Lake
0: Michigan. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the finest some... the, the finest fresh body of water in the world.
1: Exactly. I'm just some suburban dad that you know what? I and I say it a lot and it's almost become a little cliche but you know I missed sharing music with people and I missed having a place to do it and with people that I hoped would love what I was sharing. And I
0: couldn't find that. Um, Now, was that something you lost? Like, as you kind of became a a dad and went to a career for lack of a better word, kind of became an adult and like it, you didn't have time to maintain or nurture it. Is that what happened?
1: Exactly. And so, um, you know, sort of along with writing again and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, and the pandemic kind of accelerated that because we we're all by ourselves or whatever. And right. I didn't have anywhere to go. And, you know, like you can only interact so much on Twitter. It's great for short form and, you know, quick hits. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gone on Reddit or any of the music threads on there. It's
0: only occasionally. I haven't really gone down that that rabbit hole. And I, I sort of I don't want to say I waste enough time online, but like I probably don't need to go find another time suck. Exactly. And I probably need to go like let's let's get rid of two of these before we even consider looking at another one.
1: And it was it was sort of fractured and it's it's kind of it's kind of a gauntlet and it's not very
0: fun and um, Is it are there are a lot of so lot a lot, lot of gatekeepers there, a lot of people telling you, okay, here here's the rules of A this lot thing of
1: gatekeepers and... and the the other thing that pissed me off um was and 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 for a little bit of clarity like in the late 80s early 90s when we were in high school like I was the most obnoxious
0: gatekeeper ever like I, I love know, that I love th- that sort of self awareness and honesty that's amazing I, I mean looking back it's so embarrassing but like it's can true. you give me can you give me an example I mean I don't mean to out you but like you sort of outed yourself
1: I, <laughs> I remember you know I can remember just you know we would always I had this group of you know, music nerd friends. And we would make all these tapes for each other. And we would go to shows all the time. And I just remember this girl uh, who I was friends with coming up to me in the hall in high school and just very politely asking me to make a tape for her. Like, didn't want anything else. Didn't just, hey, can you make me one of those? I want to know what you guys are all into. And I just was like, you know
0: oh so offended and how
1: could you do this and you know was really do you think
0: do you think that was a a power trip I've had this moment too um and I think for myself it was a sort of a like a knee-jerk reaction to a complete lack of self-confidence where like I like I didn't have enough belief that a person was really interested in what I was interested in that it was that everyone else saw that other people thought it was cool and now they all wanted to take it away from me and it wasn't that they so, were interested in me. They were interested in the idea. So they were going to steal that thing. And then I was going to be le- like, I don't I don't know how my brain went there. But like looking back as an adult, that's totally why I behaved that way when I did. And it's not justifiable. But like, I guess what I'm, I'm saying is I'm sort of narking out on my, on my own behavior. Like I've seen myself do that where I go, no, I know more about REM than you do. And somehow like I thought that made me better, you know, or like that was a way for me to prove my value when it was completely stupid and an asshole thing to do.
1: Uh, that is exactly it. So I think, you know, part of it was like, I didn't really have a place to land in high school. You know what I mean? And this little crowd, you know, was kind of saved me from whatever. And it was great. And I, you know, and plus, you know, we were going to shows and seeing, you know, you know, we saw Green Day at a matinee with like, where there's like 13 people, you know, Nirvana when they were still opening for other people. I mean, it was a great oh, wow. time to be in Portland. I grew up in Portland. Um, even though I'm out here now,
0: but, Oh, wow. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So what what year did you graduate? 93. Okay. So you're three years younger than I am. Uh, so we have pretty similar experiences in terms of, in terms of generational stuff. Um, yeah, I basically grew up in give or take an hour away from Detroit. So the stuff that I was aware of, I could get to Detroit and do once I was old enough to drive. So I wasn't in the thick of it like you were, but like, there was a lot of stuff happening. And at that time, like, everybody who toured the eastern half of the US went to Detroit. They went to Chicago, they went to Detroit. Those were those were given. Um so what was your high school experience like growing up in the in the in the 80s and early 90s in in a in a place that probably wasn't as cool then as people think it is now. <laughs> it wasn't.
1: Um, it was cool in its own sort of way but not in the Portlandia way. Right. If that makes sense Absolutely. like a lot of the places a lot of the places that are hip. And now, now you just didn't go to, I mean, like the Pearl district used to be just Northwest Portland and it was, you know, vaguely sketchy and, you know, not dangerous, but just an interesting place with interesting people that have probably all been priced out of it. Um, North Portland were like Mississippi studios. Um, You might've heard of that. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people play shows there or record there. Um, that was in a part of town you, you sped through and you didn't roll your window down. And now it's, uh, you know, it's great. It's changed for the better. But um, in a lot of ways, it's um, a place I can, I know how to get everywhere in that city and I don't recognize any of it anymore. If that makes it's
0: interesting sense. that, that um, that's a place that in a pretty short period of time, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have your 30th anniversary for your, your, your yeah. graduation this year. So, in 30 years, yep. think about how much that city has transformed into something that is completely different than your experience, all oh, well within your yeah. lifetime. I mean, we're talking about a couple generations. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's, I mean, that's an incredible shift to happen to not just a city, but like a whole region, you know? And, yeah. then, it, and then that and places like, you know, Austin and I guess now Nashville are kind of becoming sort of the bellwether for uh, are you hip? You know, are you a, are you a cool city? Are you, you know, are you Brooklyn or are you Richmond, Virginia? You know, that kind of stuff. And like, and (laughs) I think sometimes not to like delve down a a political thing, but like you talked about how all these interesting people had been priced out and that is kind of a fascinating thing. And that is a corollary between Detroit and Portland. It's just that it took Detroit a lot longer to come back. And now, you know, you've got, you've got places where, people are already getting priced out in neighborhoods in in a city that is still like 45% vacant and it's crazy because mm. if you're in the right neighborhood stuff is going through the roof. Yeah, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. Um so what brought you to what brought you to Madison? Uh I chased a girl. The most cliché thing ever. <laughs> was it was it worth it?
1: Uh in the end, um do you want the long story or absolutely okay. dude we're here we might as well have okay. the long story okay so the origin the original story is i was dating this girl um we both worked for a regional airline in portland uh and then she went to one called american Transair, which used to be kind of scheduled charters they flew into detroit too um and i went to northwest which you probably know absolutely yeah and then um she was trying to commute from Portland to San Francisco and it wasn't working. Um, and so she transferred to Chicago midway. Um, and then I transferred here to Madison. Cause it was the closest place I could get to. And then I'd never been here before we moved here. Um, and then probably two months after we got here, we split up. So um, yeah. So that was cool. What year then, was this? Uh, 99.
0: No. Yeah. 99. Okay. So you're, but you're still in your early to mid twenties at this point. Correct. Okay. Um, so I'm here
1: and then, um, several months later, um, uh, I wound up, um, actually, yeah, probably about nine months later, I guess, if I'm doing the math, uh, a coworker and I were, he convinced me to go out one night and uh, we we're going to celebrate a third coworker's birthday. And I didn't really want to go, but we did, um, uh, I had a good time. And then, um, we were switching off buying rounds because I, I don't really drink anymore. But you know, when you're 20 and in a college town, um, and it was my turn, and so I bellied up to the bar and I bumped into a girl, and um, like literally, um, and uh, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary not too long ago. So congratulations, that's, that that's
0: amazing. <laughs> Thanks. It's, I, so, I mean, it's it's funny. I keep, I keep talking about this. This I keep joking around. I went on a I went on a trip in January and I, and I had this moment that was, I've told the story before a million times and I won't bother to tell you, but basically it ends in the lesson is live, live an improv lifestyle. As much as you can and within staying within bounds of safety, try to say yes, try to say yes. And do the, do the thing, right? Right. This is an example of saying yes. And and following somebody out here and having that fail. I don't believe in the whole idea of God's plan or anything, but like whatever you want to call it, you know, cosmic energy or fate or you know karma or whatever like somehow or another the universe like expanded and contracted in the right way and you fell into something beautiful and yeah. like that doesn't happen if you don't move your feet that's incredible yeah, and then same thing with your substack hey let's just sit down and write some stuff for a few months and then all of a sudden now you got x number of thousand people who are reading your stuff every week yeah it's it's
1: really uh it's really kind of overwhelming to think about it. it's like you know like
0: I see those numbers. And you're, you know, I know you're not supposed to pay attention to them. Everybody pays attention. Everybody to them. pays attention to them. Anybody who tells yes. you that they don't pay attention to them is either so secure in their own self belief that they're a psychopath, or they're just an out and out liar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think I, I am learning slowly after a lifetime of doing creative things and putting them out in the world in various ways to. To do them for myself, and then to have the to have publish whatever that means be the reward as opposed to whatever comes back, but that's a really hard lesson to learn. Yeah, you know.
1: And so, um, just to bring that back a little bit, so what I thought, you know, to the whole gatekeeping thing. Not, I won't go too far back, but oh, no worries. It, it felt like, you know, that one specific thing. It was like, this is my thing. You know, this is my sort of identity, if you will, and you're taking it and you don't have, you know, and it, which is just so absurdly dumb. Like this girl really just wanted to know what we were all into and to like it in. Um, my point there was like, if you go on Reddit and someone will be like, I bought this record, doesn't matter what it is. It could be Guide to Voices, it could be Taylor Swift, it could be, doesn't matter. Somebody will come on there and shit all over you paid too much that's a terrible copy I could have gotten it for a tenth what you paid blah 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 blah, blah. and it really it was like man, you know obviously that sucks and I just it was so off-putting so I kept anyway I kept looking and then I found uh, first medium and kind of had a little little community of readers and writers there um, nice. but i really liked substack like and i wasn't doing a whole lot with it like i said i was just kind of making a weekly link thing and or i you know cross post stuff here and there and then i really just decided like i'm just going to start doing it cuz i really wanted i wanted to play you know there are no like guilty pleasure songs at on repeat you know you like easy listening cool. You like heavy metal. All right. Yeah. You know, whatever you're into. Um, and that's great. And if you don't, into, if you
0: don't like it, you cannot listen to it. It's really okay. You also cannot listen to it.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, like if you bought this record and you're super duper into it, awesome. I'm here for you. Um, so that's, you know, that was kind of the line. Like I wanted this place. Hey, this is what I'm into. Like come check it out with me. And if you have a story about it, awesome. And, you know, I hope either I either I either want to I'm trying to I either want to send
0: somebody down memory lane, or I want them to find a new favorite song.
1: Even and, and one of the things
0: it, I love about that is you want them to find a new favorite song, even if it came out in 2002. Yes, right. Like, it, and it doesn't need to be that doesn't need to be nostalgic for you either. Like, you can go, hey, uh, somebody just hit me to this record that somebody put out in cheyenne wyoming in 2002 and it's this you know it's this thing that sounds like uh if pedro the lion uh were in a band with iron wine and yeah. you w- and you went i would really like to hear what that sounds like um that sounds cool the fact that it came out in 2002 doesn't matter Correct. it's cool and there's stuff out there there's a whole world of stuff out there that none of us know anything about. Some of us yeah. are make some of us are making some of that stuff that we hope somebody finds out about later. Exactly. And and the idea is what if we all just kind of went, hey, here's this relatively small group of people that can all kind of make their lives better by hanging out with each other. And like the more I do this and the more I see those little universes, the more I, my faith is restored in humanity, man. It's amazing. Exactly. And so and not only that, but then
1: then it sort of accelerated because not only were people talking and responding, but they were talking and responding to each other, like, in the comments. Um,
0: yeah, you, you raise the baby enough that it can go do stuff on its own. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's it's the funnest. I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. I can't believe it. Like, uh, and every and- time, every Monday I put out that discussion thread, what are you listening to? And without fail, every week I find at least two or three things. At least. But more importantly, other people are like, Oh, hey, if you like this, check that out. And it's it's what I wanted to happen and
0: it's just wild. That's I mean so it was super cool. Yeah. I mean And and, and, they're doing and this. like and like you said, you know, you just kinda jumped on and you were like, Okay, I'll just start writing some stuff on medium. And then it was like, oh, Substack looks like a good place. And then, as you said, you just kind of built the thing up and all of a sudden people are talking about it. What I think is um, sort of remarkable about when any of this stuff happens is that not only do you start to develop these relationships between other people that you are not necessarily a direct part of, but that you helped to sort of foster, then those relationships will start to branch out further. And it's a little bit like bringing a tulip bulb into a garden and then just Taking good care of it over a few years, and the next thing you know, you got seventy plants blooming in the first week of May, and yeah. and you did you basically did a series of, of to, to carry forward my lame gardening analogy, like you tilled it and weeded it and you did the work and you watered it, but like you're not you're not there underneath while those bulbs are splitting. Other people are splitting those bulbs and making the community bigger. And sooner or later, you're going to get some seeds that come in from another garden and then something different's going to grow, and the more you let that happen, the more amazing it's going to get. Yeah, <laughs> people meet people, Kevin, one other, I think I mentioned this to you in my original email when I reached out. People desperately need this shit. They need to connect with each other. Something broke after COVID or during COVID, and we are right. all traumatized and I think a lot of us are trying to convince ourselves that we're back to where we were and I think we're all carrying a loneliness with us that we haven't addressed. Yeah. I think you're um, right. You said, you said in your, uh, I think it's in your about section, the way you introduce yourself, you said, playlists are my love language, <laughs> yeah, which I think is really awesome. Um, have you, Oh, al- I mean, it sounds like you've always been a mixtape guy. You've always been somebody who like that was how you communicated whatever oh, you yeah. needed to communicate. Uh, yeah. And would those, like, do you, did you have, like, parameters? Like, in other words, there was, like, here's my romantic interest template. Here's my, <laughs> hey, you want to be my new best friend vibe template? Like, did you do that kind of stuff?
1: My my taste in music was so just scattered and all over the place that I don't know that I could have done that. Okay. What I did usually try and do is, like I said, we had this sort of little cobble of probably 10 people that were just, just raging music nerds. And we would find something, even if, even if we'd l- literally just held the, you know, the boom box up to the radio, it didn't I'm matter. Sure. Like those were the sort of things we were passing around. And so we, you know, you might get a tape with, you know, the pixies and hoodoo gurus and, you know, God knows what else on it. Yeah. So those, they were more, I didn't have like, you know like a make out one or you know a happy birthday buddy you know one or it was more like almost music discovery yeah like like a new
0: that was kind of how I used to do it too it was like hey and I I would kind of like try to as much as I thought I could at the time kind of try to tweak it or gauge it based on what I thought that person was into that where they were coming from you know so like you know, I might make a mixtape for a friend, um, you know, who say was uh, another girl that was in my grade who was super hip. But like I knew that she was really into um, like The Runaways, for example, okay. or, uh, you know, Joan Jet, or um, like she was into a lot of that, like uh, sort of like she was into a lot of like New Wave, but specifically like women in New Wave. So like, you know, the slits and that kind of stuff. And so she turned me on to a lot of stuff like that. So when I met other women like that or other well, girls at the time, I always wanted to show like, Hey, I know about, I know about females that aren't the go-go's and Madonna. Like, you know, that was a way to kind of, to kind of, you know, be 19 years old and meet a new friend or whatever and go, Hey, I'm not a macho asshole. Um, We hadn't yet (laughs) quite defined toxic masculinity. So we hadn't gotten there yet, Um, which it sounds like you were a victim of in high school. You said you didn't really find a place to land. Were you like me? Were you like one of those, you like, uh, I was a theater kid. I wasn't cool enough to be a theater kid. Oh, that's good. We are not cool. I promise you. I was inquisible in theater. Cool is not a word that people use to describe Matty C. I promise.
1: So I had played up until, or through my freshman year, I'd played soccer. So I'd kind of had that going. Um, and then that felt, I just stopped when I, we, um, my sophomore year so I wasn't in sports I was not in drama or theater although we had a really cool theater program anyway um I wasn't in any other affinity clubs and and I was you know I had like I said I had my a couple friends but I hadn't really found my tribe and I was my class my school was huge um yeah and at the time there were three schools in my district in the suburb I lived in, and they would sort of rotate around which one was the most populous in the state. And they were overcrowded and you know, low ceilings. And um, my high school literally had been built um, to be riot proof. And so it had those really narrow, long, thin windows yeah. like you see like like in a prison. A, yeah. Yeah. Um and it's sort, you know. They had to extend the passing time between classes because people couldn't move, um, and it was just sounds like a really welcoming
0: environment for education.
1: Oh, it was great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was just a hard place to be, literally and metaphorically. And so, um, you know, like I said, like music had sort of like it was where I landed, and you know, it was a good landing, and I'm glad I did, and I'm, you know, still friends with a lot of those people in that small circle. But um that was sort of how we made it through if you were you know our tour of duty and like that's kind of what got us through, I guess. You know, and it was a great time. I mean, you know, high school my senior year was great, but you know, that school was not I mean, looking through at it through a twenty twenty three lens. <laughs> I no,
0: know, I man. mean I and I had a I had like the opposite high school experience. I I went to a sort of ex-urban school. It was not really rural, but it was basically rural. And I graduated with about 70 kids in my class. So there were less less than 300 students in my nine to 12 high school. Um, You know, I I hear stories about people who grew up in environments like what you're talking about, not even necessarily where the the building environment isn't pleasant, but like just that sea of people and how easy it is to kind of get lost. And I had enough of a hard time and I thought my problem was, well, No one here gets me because everybody's a hick, you know, and really what it was is I just needed to find half a dozen people and I found them and it took me till the end of my sophomore year, really, you know, but um, when you have to work that hard at it, I find that those relationships tend to last longer than the people people who were really tight and were teammates for four years. And then they see each other every couple of years at a thing, but like, they're not, they're not getting each other, you know, not sending somebody a text on their birthday or going hey man right. we're passing through on uh the 15th can we can we stay the night you know and i'm not making a judgment i just i from personal experience there is something about that like having to take that little extra effort to find those yep. people and then you go "Boy, oh, i really want to make sure i handle this right and hang on to it right like don't screw it up so you've been doing this for you've been doing this for two and a half years yep. um you uh you interview folks of all kinds of backgrounds, from varying levels of fame and, and notoriety to virtually unknown. Is there, like, have you noticed kind of a, a theme with the people that you talk to, like a like a thread that runs through those? The kind of folks that you get to have conversations with—is there a, a commonality between them that you notice?
1: Like the the people I interview, you mean? yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the one thread, and it's a little bit off menu. The one thread that, without exception every one of them has been just unbelievably kind or patient or happy to, I mean, obviously they're happy to talk about their work because it gets some but, but I mean, beyond that, like, you know, there might've been a botched Google doc. They don't care. They fix it, you know, or they add on even more than I'd asked for, or, Hey, you know, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Have you talked to so-and-so
0: or, um, Again, isn't so, that the idea of like that sort of collaboration and community right. just continuing to sort of foster right. itself and feed? Uh, um, that's And amazing. even yeah, um, you know, and I wasn't really,
1: you know, I wasn't really sure how any of that was going to go. And I haven't—I've met a couple that were, you know, politely declined because they just didn't have time or whatever. But even sure. those, you know, nobody, nobody blew, nobody yet, knock on wood, has blown yeah. me off or been mean or, and I'm, you know, pretty straight up about it. I send them, you know, this really boilerplate, either DM on Twitter or an email that like the headline is interview requested. Yeah, And then I just, this is what I'm doing. Here's where I'm at. I want to share this.
0: And, I, I, uh, it sounds to me like, so I sort of asked a leading question, kind of figuring what you were going to say, cause sort of hoping what you were going to say was some version of what you, what you just said, which, which essentially is the idea that the people that you reached out to that want to talk to you and are interested in sharing their work both for the professional nature of it and just for the personal nature of it. Right. But are, are genuinely decent people who are interested in their art, like making a genuine connection with other people. And to me, even the people that haven't been available or who aren't really doing interviews still seem to have been super respectful and, um, kind about that when I have reached out. You know, even somebody who, and I won't name who, but like I sent out an email to somebody who I admire and I was like, hey, here's a bunch of reasons why I think this would be an interesting interview. Let me know what you think. And they wrote back the next day and they were very kind and they were like, listen, this person just really isn't doing any interviews of any kind, but good luck with your endeavor and we really appreciate you reaching out. Right? That that's very kind. It's very nice. Thanks for letting me know what's going on. The point is you can say I'm not available without being an asshole. (laughs) and and the the people that you and i are getting an opportunity to talk to and the kinds of conversations that we are trying to have even if somebody said yes if they're going to be an asshole it's almost counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve isn't it yes okay yeah so uh, so i I guess from my point is like yeah it's going to work out because the people who aren't interested in this thing don't need to be here right you know and it's it's it goes back to that thing of self-confidence that we were talking about earlier with the girl who asked about the mixtape Instead of me trying to convince you to come in and go, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, just go. Hey, man, you're missing out. Whatever, I want to talk to you about my thing. You know, sooner or later, you'll catch up with the other thousand people I got telling me I'm awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, and um, it hasn't yet. You know, some people respond right away, some take a couple weeks, some I have to go through like a PR team. It's okay, but invariably. Even, even, even those, you know, gatekeepers, quote unquote, have been really cool. Like, oh, hey, man, give me a little bit. Yeah, it might take a few weeks. Um, and so, yeah, it's been fun. Like, and it, it's also a bit of, um, you know, you talked earlier about getting your feet moving. It's been kind of a forcing function because, um, it's kind of intimidating to send some of those emails out, like, or to, you know, DM them on Twitter or or whatever. Um, cause you always wonder, you know, am I going to get swatted
0: down? Um, but I've right. gotten
1: used to it. What's that?
0: I, 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 no, I just said, right. Like you send that yeah. out, like you, your heart, yeah. your heart rate goes up and you go, oh God, am I going to get an answer? And then if I get an answer, how am I going to feel? You know? And, and I mean, there's in many cases, at least in my case, I, I'm sending this out to people who I genuinely admire. The, the people I want to talk to earliest are going to be the people whose work means the most to me. And so there, it feels like there's a lot riding on it, but in reality, if you just look at it like a regular interview request and go, okay, you're one of a hundred people I hope to talk to that's on my list. It sort of changes that, that nature of it, at least, at least for me. Right. Um, But it's still, like you said, it's still daunting. Right. Um, Do you have an example of like, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person. Like, I can't believe that I'm having a conversation with X right now. Um, not quite yet. Okay. Um, and that's, so who, not a
1: te- that's not a teaser either. I, who's on the, I, who's,
0: like, do you have somebody where you're like, okay, uh, this would be part of my dream list that might be achievable? So
1: I don't know if this qualifies as a, as, as a correct answer, but I'm, I'm doing a write-up um, of New Order's Republic record. I yeah. turned 30 uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And I'm doing a write-up of it for a friend of mine's uh, uh, substack. And just on a Hail Mary, um, I was in a thread yesterday on Twitter, you, maybe you saw it, um, but Peter Hook was in there, like, or, or who, and so I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. So I just, I just tweeted at him like, hey, man, I'm doing this. He, you know, I know it was a while ago, if you have any thoughts, good, bad or ugly on the record, my DMs are open." So. Wow. Absolutely nothing has happened yet, other than yeah. him liking that tweet. But um, that, that would is, be a uh, huge get
0: for me. That would be pretty incredible, Kevin. That, that would, would be that incredible. would be. Uh, side note: Have you seen him before? Uh, I have not seen Peter Hook in the light. I have seen New Order twice. Okay, I saw New Order. I saw it. yeah. Uh, Where did you see New Order?
1: Uh, the first time I saw them was uh, I was in
0: God, I think I was in eighth grade. Oh wow. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, and I
1: saw them. You saw the, them.
0: You saw them on the on the uh, technique tour then. Correct. Yeah I, yeah, I saw that. I saw that tour as well. In Detroit. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was that uh, Was that um, Sugar Cubes and Public Image Limited as well?
1: No, it was not. It okay, was not that was that the yeah,
0: that was the three band that build group. that we saw. I think that was the eastern half of the U.S.
1: Yeah, that was uh, a they,
0: that was a wild show. I'll bet. Uh,
1: I saw them uh, throwing muses of all people open for them because okay. they're on the same label. Interesting. Um, who is also now one of my favorite bands.
0: So the, the Peter Hook and the Light show that I went to was when he did the, the tour where he did both substances. So oh, the okay. Fir- the first set was Joy Division and then the second set was New Order. And, nice. uh, and it was fantastic. I really kind of thought I was going to be going to like a cover band show. That's really right. what it what it felt like, and uh, it was it was not that at all. It was very much he didn't pretend that he was those two bands, but it was very much in the spirit of those it just was it hit all the right notes for me, both literally and metaphorically. Um, and it was just a really lovely, lovely evening with a friend, and we were both just so surprised and kind of pleased by the whole thing. it was It was one of those nights where like you think it's going to be pretty good and it winds up being great and it's kind of special nice you know yeah uh do you have anything a big any i hate to do the whole like what's next on on repeat like i fucking hate that <laughs> um but uh like do you have plans is there like a next step kind of thing i mean obviously things are rolling along it seems like you've got a groove but like do you have like you mentioned you had a couple of things that you were working on like the republic thing do you have anything other any other feature stuff like that that you're kind of hoping to work on
1: um i have a few things in that I'm just trying to bandy around in my head. Like I'd like to do. Um, so I, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, cause I'm a glutton for punishment. I reviewed a hundred records last year. Uh, oh my God. New, uh, new to me
0: records. That's, that's two records a week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, which was actually, I'm glad I did it. Um, and then for who knows why I decided to do it again for 2023. So some of those are in there and a lot of, sometimes those are behind the paywall, but I want to do a lot of um, longer form stuff. Um, not, I don't know if magazine style is the right term, but more deeper dives. I, dive I into, get which feature writing yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah um, whether it's on on a band, on a record, you know, on a particular city scene, um, things like that. And I'm not exactly sure how that will work structurally or logistically yet, but that's on my radar. I've got some ideas with that. Um, more record reviews, of course. Um, interestingly, or not, um, I on Twitter for 2022, I basically said, "Hey, I'm reviewing records. What should I? What should I do?" And a reader that has since unsubscribed suge- Actually, a couple of people suggested uh, a record by Talk Talk, and I um, it wound up being like the most read and commented and replied to thing ever. Wow. It was just bonkers. Like I was like, okay, like I had never heard this record and I wrote it up and it which, was, cool. which record did you review? Um, if you're going to ask me that. Is it, I always call it talking stick and
0: people make fun of me, but oh, was it laughing stock laughing stock? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, I get, I get what you mean. Uh, I get how you got there. Uh, that record is so, uh, of its own yes. thing it's it's remarkable um, even if you don't love it and I don't know that I love it I really like it and I really admire it I don't know if I love it um, you cannot deny the sort of craft and deliberation that went into that record and how utterly timeless it feels truly it's amazing it
1: felt very deliberate is a great adjective it felt very intentional to me and I can see, and this was not a record I would have ever picked up in a million years had somebody not said, you should do this. Um, but after listening to it and then seeing all of the reaction that it got, it was, it, made, it all made sense. Like, I, you know, people would tell me, oh, this record got me through college or, oh, you know, my, my girlfriend in school and I used to listen to this one for hours or, oh, this is my favorite of theirs. And people, you know, I don't normally get a whole lot of email replies i mean they're my favorite i read them all i respond i mean i got a lot from that um so anyway my point being sorry
0: um (laughs) i keep going off on a tangent i love that's again that's what we're here for man (laughs) you keep bringing us back Um, to the road the yellow brick road we're great that's awesome
1: you can clean it up in editing
0: right (laughs) it'll clean itself up ai will take care of that we're not worried about that anymore i don't i just I just put it up on the internet and I just assume somebody else does it. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, so, uh, more record reviews, um, crowdsourcing record reviews. I, you know, for people that support the project, if they ever want me to review one, I do that. Um, more interviews. Um, one I am trying to do, um, about a year ago, actually earlier than that, I met a guy uh, named Rudy Seitz. Uh, we met in a writing cohort, um, and he decided he kind of had enough. It was right when, you know, with Spotify was kind of, and there was a lot of talk, you know, public discourse about the way musicians are paid or not paid. Yeah. Um, and he had decided um, he was going to put up a thousand dollars of his own money and only buy from independent or indie labels or artists. And he kind of crowdsourced it. He kind of did what I did with, but except, you know, he didn't just talk or write about it. He did it like, whose music should I buy? Um, and so I interviewed him about it. Um, and then I, I wanted to follow up at about the six month mark. He's going to do it for a year. Okay. Um, and it, and I, I reached out at the six month mark or so it wasn't a good time for him for a whole host reasons. Um, and so now it's been a year, the year is up and I really would like to talk to him again, kind of find out
0: what the cream of the crop was
1: what the cream of the crop was, what he got out of it. Um, what did he, you know, he's a musician himself. So, you know, I don't expect him to learn anything per se, but like, what was something that maybe was unexpected? Um, did he find new connections, you know, with other musicians, like, you know, on a professional level? I, I mean, I have a laundry list of like questions. I. So that's yeah, another I'm, one. I'm,
0: hoping. I'm really fascinated by the whole, both as a, as as somebody who is a fan of music and an avid consumer, but also as somebody who's made records for 25 years. Um, I'm super passionate about this particular issue. And what what it's really come down to for me is you just can't beat convenience. Like even the people who want to support this and who know that it's a sham are still going to use Spotify and Apple Music because it's just too goddamn easy to not do it. Right, And so I don't think the thing is finding a replacement for that. It's finding a way to make that built on a system of fair pay. And before that happens, find a way to sort of force those companies to at least allow consumers to make a donation when they spin those records and they like them. So basically say, Hey, until we can come up with a way to go, Hey, this is what the fair, what the, what essentially the radio rate of play is for streaming. Right. Until we can do that, you're obligated when you stream this to have a PayPal button or a Venmo button or whatever, so that you can tip the artist and then 100% of that revenue goes to the artist. You know, there's, there's a way to, there's a way to do that and go, yeah, you don't have a choice. You want to, you want to do this over cell towers in the United States of America. This is the shit you're going to do, you know, but somebody has got to stand up and do it. Because right. it's going to take it's going to take years to negotiate a fair rate of pay, and it will right. be like what the writer strike is going on right now with the WGA, and it's going to be by the time you figure out what the new rules are, the game has changed. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> like, I, I feel like it's it, it it is it can't be a okay. How do we stop Spotify? It has to be right. okay. How do we how do we basically hack this fucked up system that that is that is stealing from people? And I hundred percent. And I think
1: his idea wasn't, we're going to stop satisfying. This was his way of trying to find a workaround. Oh, you know, that's, not just,
0: but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it's, but it's Absolutely. that idea. Yeah. That it's that idea of going, okay, well I have, because I'm a decent human being and I understand that convenience is what convenience is, let me find a way to go, okay, I'm going to take this money out of my budget and then I'm going to do this project. What I'm saying is I think we need to find a way to set up a system so that good people, can do that without having to invent the system to make it happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm super glad you're focused on this issue because it's, like I said, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, also, uh, it's fundamentally a labor issue and I don't know, and I don't know why people are not talking about it. Like it's a labor issue. If you believe that people that work at McDonald's deserve to get paid 15 or $16 an hour, then you have to believe that the people who make records and put them up on Spotify deserve the same sort of fair pay. Now, we don't know what that is, but we got to have a conversation about it. And if you don't want to have a conversation about it, you are basically saying, I am going to fight for the work of some people, but not the work of those people. Yeah. I think, yes.
1: The short answer is yes. Uh, The longer one is, I think, you know, we've, not we, you and I, but like you know, we've conditioned people to expect things free, you know, they can, read, oh, yeah. they can read, they can read for days for free on yeah. any platform. They can go to Spotify or Apple or whatever and get music for free. You know, they don't even have to go to whatever a store is. You no, <laughs> no. And, uh, um, and so now to say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, this is the same, you know, consumer transaction that it might be, at you know mcdonald's or starbucks it's just a different commodity right you know art still has value and it still takes you know there's still a cost to make it it's not just being ginned up out of thin air
0: no no Um, and and uh and the other the other reality is it is it is causing other problems in the entertainment economy right and other strains that other people are pissed about Right. Mm -hmm. The next time your friend goes, I don't want to have to pay $70 to go see a band I like, pay for the music. The reason that the reason your dad got to go see the cars for $6 at the high school gym in 1978 the reason that happened is because the cars sold 5 million records. Right. The label made a bunch of money and the cars made some money and then they covered costs on the tour. Yep. So you, you pay for it here or you're going to pay for it there. But you got to pay for it. And I also don't think you ought to say to somebody, hey, the work that you did doesn't really have value until you bring the circus to my town. Right. You know, I mean, that's like saying, okay, if I come and pick up the pizza from you, it's free. But if you deliver it to my house, then I'll pay you for it. Right. That's bullshit. Kevin, this was super fun. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it.
1: This is a blast. Thanks for having me. You bet.
0: There he goes, my new friend, Kevin Alexander from OnRepeat. Make sure you go over there and find him at OnRepeat at Substack.com. Make sure you subscribe. If you enjoy what he does, give him a paid subscription. He's working hard. He's doing a good job. He's a great guy, living living the life in the Midwest, and I'm super glad I got a chance to connect with him. What a... What a great human being. What another example of uh, the awesomeness that happens when we uh, just decide we're going to do cool shit and put it out into the world. Speaking of which, I hope you're seeing the cool shit that I'm doing over at whatamimaking.substack.com. Sign up for a free or a paid subscription. Make sure that if you're listening to this in any of the pod servers that you enjoy, you rate and review it. It helps us out a lot. Don't forget, I'm coming to see the eastern half of the United States on a house show tour. I'll be playing uh, Maddie C. Originals from my uh, time in the Stickarounds, the Harbor Code, and my former band, the Pantones. You can find more information out on that at Funaf4Records.com slash house shows. And of course, I got lots of fun stuff coming for you here at the Substack. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for caring. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, your kindness. Thank you to all my friends who I got to see in Chicago this weekend. It was a real treat, and I'll be back here again next week for another great conversation. Until then, I'll see you on the stubsack. It's Maddie C. I love you. Have a great day. Production of Medicine and His ADHD. Don't you know it?